Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father, I just want to thank you once again. We are here once again, Father, to receive from you instructions, instructions that will continuously, God, generate that energy that will cause us to walk through life in the midst of obstacles, in the midst of mountains. And I believe, mighty and everlasting Father, that your word will cause the change that is needed in the life of this year to be made manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, last week I started a series with you or the other week. And I call it Facing the Challenges of Life. This is part two. Our main text was from Exodus 4 verse 21. Facing the challenges of life. Exodus chapter 4 verse 21 was the main text we took. Bible said, the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, say that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which are put in thy hand. But I will had in his heart that he shall not let the people go. Very funny. Here was God sending a message. Thank you, Lord. Here was God sending somebody a message. Can you imagine that God called you to say, Go do the job for me. It is God that called you. And he said, and he's saying, These people are not going to respond to what you are going to be doing. That is already a big challenge. That is to say, it's like assuming I'm going to go into what God has asked me to do. It simply means I'm not going to succeed. Because I was God telling you the same thing I'm going to have to in the heart of Pharaoh. If he had in the heart of Pharaoh, he would not let the people go. So why is the exit of going on the mission? So I want to make you understand that no matter the situation you find yourself, no matter the challenges that are ahead of you, as we're going to go through the scripture, God knows it all. And we are going to come out clean. Hallelujah. Now go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 8. Let's start reading from verse 22. For me, this is a very funny, strange, <laughs> and wonderful scripture. Now it came to pass on a certain day, everybody say a certain day, that he went into a ship with the disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Now they were going. What's the next thing? But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Are you sitting there with me? Look at that. What's the next thing? The Bible says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind. Hallelujah. And the raging of the water and the seas, and what happened? And there was what? Calmness, as it were. Look at the next thing. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? <laughs> and the being afraid wondered, saying one to another, What matter of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obeyed him. Amen? All right. This is what I want you to see from this passage. Hallelujah. 
Look at, look at the next thing. Verse, verse 26. Verse 26. And they arrived. Everybody say they arrived. They arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. They arrived. In the midst of the storm, they arrived. In the midst of the trouble, they arrived. I don't know if you are going to what I'm trying to say here. Now, let's begin with this. Who asked them to cross the, the sea? It was Jesus. Who, I mean, I just wanted to get that. I mean, and this is Jesus, according to scripture, we know, and the Bible says, he knows the end from the beginning. Is that okay? He is the one that said, enter the boat, let us cross. And then the next thing that happened, he went to sleep. And here was Tom. He was right there. He initiated the move to cross the sea. He said that he, didn't, he wasn't aware the storm was going to come or not. He knew the storm would come. He knew the danger would come. The Bible said they went in jeopardy. That is to say they come to the place where it's like they lost hope in life. He knew all of that. But he said let us cross the lake. You'll be wondering sometime. If God is really with me, why am I going through this? If God has really called me or chosen me, why am I going through this? God knows the end from the beginning. He is what I initiated the move. But at the same time, he wanted to test their faith. He wanted to see where their faith lies. And I'll make you see that. Your faith lies in your vision. Your faith lies in your calling. Your faith lies in whatever thing God has spoken to you about concerning your life. That's where your faith should be. So number one, Jesus was trying to say, if I have asked you to cross, why are you afraid? You should know that even this storm will come down. Are you following me? Praise the living God. It was God who initiated the move for them to cross over. Look with me. Isaiah 46 verse number 10. Isaiah 46 verse number 10. Hallelujah. Declaring the end from what? From the beginning. And from ancient time, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel which that stand, I will do all more my pleasure. But the key point I want you to see is, he declares the end from what? From the beginning. That is to say, before anything is accomplished, he already has to make declaration about it. He knows it before ever it comes to conclusion. Even before the sun was supposed to come in, Jesus knew about it. Are you following me? But see, the test you are passing through is where God intends to prove your faith, whether you believe in whatever he's telling you. Hallelujah. When God initiates a vision in your life, it's a call which is different from personal ambition. And I want you to notice this. Meaning God will bring the world to perfection. Listen to what I've just said. If God initiates ambition in your life that is different from personal ambition are you, are you getting what I'm talking about for instance it was God that told Moses go to Egypt and let the people go that was a vision from God not a personal ambition and once the vision of God is made known to you about your life, you have absolute 100% guarantee that everything God asks you to do, you are going to achieve it. Praise the living God. Your faith should rest on that conviction. Your faith should rest on that vision. Your faith should rest on that call or that commission or that statement that He made to you. Even you have to do with your family. Praise God. 
Look at me, Philippians 1 verse number 6. If God makes a statement to you, if God ever calls you for anything, but rest assured, you are getting the victory. Hallelujah. Philippians, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun what? A good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He can't start anything that he doesn't finish. He will not initiate a thing that he won't accomplish. And so if you understand certain things about your life, then you have absolute guarantee that the Lord will perfect everything that concerns you. If you have an assurance of the thing God has spoken concerning your children, next week I'm going to show you something. <laughs> How even the midst of the call that God had for, for, for David anointed as he was, he has a troublesome son who wanted to dethrone him. How many of you remember that? Was God blind? So sometimes when you see trouble in life, you're just, you're broken down, you're weak, you're fainting. No, it's not because your faith is smitten. You don't understand yet what God intends to do, but God is saying everything that began in your life is going to perfect it. Can I hear an amen to that? You are not losing out. No, no, no. You are not losing on anything. The storm may be there. The wind may be there. Everything the devil wants to do, fine, let it continue with it. But no, as long as it's God that initiated the move, you are going to get to the end. As long as God initiated the move, you are going to the finish. The Bible said they go to the other side. They cross and they go to the other side. You are going to get to the other side of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Jesus initiated anything. But look at that. In Luke chapter 12, we read, it was Jesus that initiated the move, let's cross. But what was the next thing that did he? He went to sleep. What is that supposed to mean? Even though he knew this storm was going to come, he went to sleep. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, does that tell you anything? That Jesus can just be silent once in a while to test your faith, to have that, I mean, realization that of course he is the one that initiated this move. He went to sleep in the midst of the fact that he is the one that has on the move. He went to sleep. Your Jesus may just be sleeping. That is not to say he has abandoned you. He is still in the boat. He is still in the midst of the storm. One good thing again, you must understand that the storm was there and Jesus was in the midst of the storm with the people. So no matter the storm you are passing through, get this right. Jesus is still with you. Did you get that? He wasn't out of the boat before the storm came, no. In the midst of the storm, he was right there with the people. If you can just get that realization that Jesus is with me, that's okay. No matter the storm, you're going to, and the best you are supposed to do is to tap yourself and say, Jesus, wake up. I'm perishing. You don't look for him outside of you. He was in the midst of the storm with the people. You don't find him outside somewhere else. He was right there. You don't look for him up in the sky. He was right there with the people, right on the boat. He is with you in this boat of life that you are in. All you need to do is to wake him up. He might just be sleeping. He might just be wanting to see how far you can go on your own. Thinking less about him. And when you start setting your eyes off somewhere else, that's where you miss his presence. Praise the living God somebody. I will see here. So he went to sleep. And that's very funny. Amen. Now, God is a God of order. Your principles cannot, God's principles cannot change 
because of you by implication you can't share God's principles you have to conform to his principles to be able to come out of whatever storm or situation you find yourself now I want to show you something this is a prophet of God for instance Jeremiah 20 verse number 7 I want to read verse 7 I want you to read verse 14 very funny story Jeremiah 20 verse 7 O Lord that have deceived me and I was deceived that are stronger than I and I prevail. I'm in a derision daily and everyone mocks me. And I want you to look at this. Here is a prophet of God. <laughs> look at his sentence. Look at his statement that he's making. Go to the next verse. Go to, go to verse 14 straight. Okay, take the next verse. Don't mind. Take the next verse. That verse number 8. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because thy word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. You know what is happening here? God asked Jeremiah as a prophet to go speak. Remember Jeremiah 1 verse 5, he said, your mother's whom I call you a prophet, a prophet of the nation. Are you following that? Right, Jeremiah went and started declaring. If you read from verse 1, you see what I'm trying to say. The king had to put Jeremiah in prison because of what he was saying. Was God with him or not? Did God send him or not? These are challenges of life. These are challenges of ministry. These are challenges of family that you are trying to raise. And sometimes you get so confused thinking that God is no longer there. But God is there. Are you following what I'm talking about? He said, you are stronger than me. You know what he's trying to say? You deceived me. You told me I should go and prophesy. And because I have to obey you. Here I am now. Being mocked. Being embarrassed. You know, by a manner of people. Put in prison. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Cause be the day <laughs> wherein I was born. Let not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. Can you imagine that? Look at the language of a prophet because of difficulties that he was facing. You can't blame him. You have been there too. You are even there right now. But you know what? If you take time to read the whole account, the Bible says, God said, Hey, Jeremiah, listen to me. As long as you can continue to say this thing, you are not getting numbered to prison. You will remain in prison because of a confession. Some of you are unable to come out of your difficult situation because of your confessions. God said, you are not leaving the prison because you are saying this. Praise the living of somebody. You see, some of us don't understand that when God speaks to us, the word that he gave to us have to be tried. The word that he gave to Joseph tried him. How many of you understand that? God showed Joseph, you're going to be a ruler, you're going to rule over your people, your mother and everybody, your 11 brothers. What's the next thing that happened? Because God showed it to him. He was taken to pilt, was taken to slavery, was taken to prison, all because he made that. The word of God tried Joseph. You have to understand that when you receive the word of God sometime in your life, it got to be tried. You come to the place, you'll be able to say, oh God, are you sure you told me? Jeremiah said, the day my mother gave back to me, let that day not be blessed at all. He was cursing. He was regretting. Or because God sent him a message and then was put in prison. Can I tell you something? So many of us are where we are because of our confessions. God said, until you change your language, we are not coming out of the prison. We are locked up 
because of our confession. Oh God, why did I marry this man? Oh God, why did I marry this woman? Oh God, why my business is not working with all that I'm doing? Oh God, oh God, oh God. All you continue to say is, oh God, I regret it. Oh God, why am I a Christian? No, keep on, you just keep on doing all of those things. God is saying you are not going to get through with that. Your mouth will condemn you. Matthew chapter 12, the Bible tells us the same thing. With your mouth, you are justified. With your mouth, you are condemned. So your condemnation remains. As long as you say, man, I'm in prison. There is nothing good. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm being made ashamed of whatever the case may be. You are not coming out of your situation. God said, you are going to be locked up dead. I don't have time to deliver you. I don't have time. Look at what the disciples did. They never complained. They simply went, are you not worried that we are perishing? It's a simple request. It's a simple statement. They never complained negatively as compared to who? To Jeremiah. Everybody feels, oh, this country is, we are done, we are finished, or whatever. Everything you confess in will begin to work in your life. You are finished in this country, sure you are finished. You can't make progress anymore. Because you said you are finished and you are in the country. The country is finished. If the country is finished and in the country, what are you expecting from it? Nothing. You are in the system. You confessing negatively about the system. You are not going to come out of it. Praise the living God, somebody. Come on, is anybody following me? Because with your mouth, you are justified. And with your mouth, you are condemned. That which you are speaking is that which comes from within you. And remember, the Bible says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are what? The issues of life. Life flows from your heart. And then you voice it. So what you say matters about your life. What you say matters about your children. What you declare matters about your business. Challenges may be there. But I want you to understand that God is not far from you. He's still in the boat with you. Praise the living God somebody. Are we here? Alright. So when trouble starts, the best place to go to is who? Is to go back to God. Like you can find with the the disciples in the book of Luke chapter 8. They never went through else. They never started thinking of somebody else. They knew the man was right there. Recognize the fact that Jesus is with you anytime, anywhere. Wherever you find yourself, he's with you. Even if the situation is so tight and rough, he is still there. Hallelujah. Recognize this fact. Every new problem needs a new technique to handle it. Every new problem requires a new techniques to handle it. <laughs> that is why you should be praying when certain issue comes up. Give me Jeremiah 33 verse number 5. I mean number, number 3. Every new problem requires a new techniques. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things we done with not. The things you don't know before are revealed to you to solve the new problem that just come into your life. You must go back to God. Every new problem requires a new techniques. Are you sitting there with me? You don't use the old ideas you have in solving the present day problem. No, no, no. It's not going to work. You must find the solution within the new setting of that problem to be able to solve it. But if you think you're going to use your old life to solve today's problem, you always fail. It's not going to work. Every new problem requires what? A new techniques, a new formula, a new principle to be able to solve it. Praise the living of somebody. 
Somebody said, but the word of God is here and amen. And that's exactly what I've just said. He said, in the midst of the word of God is here and amen, he will show you things which you does not know. Did he say that? That means he's going to show you things that you don't understand. Okay, look at this for instance. You remember, God told Jacob, I'm going to bless you. Is that okay? Right. And then he went down to the house of Laban, and Laban wanted to cheat him. And what's the next thing that happened? Like I always say, he went to God and God gave him a technique to solve the problem so that he would not be cheated. And what was the problem? I mean, the technique he showed him, take a poplar tree, cut it around, put the truth. When the animals, the female animal in particular, come to drink, they'll be able to see it. What happened? As they are seen, message is going down to their mind, registered in the gene of the system. By the time they bring forth their young ones, what's the next thing that happened? They have ring on their body. All of them became the very one. And all the ones that were coming up with that were very robust and better than the very ones that Laban had. So he got wet because he got new techniques from God. It was not there anywhere. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? But he faced the problem because this man wanted to cheat him. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Praise the living God. Every problem which is new requires a new formula to solve it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is why you need to go to God. Don't miss this scripture. He will show you things which you do not know. It could be inventions. It could be it could be technological inventions. In fact, it just could be something. The important thing is when there is a problem, which is a challenge of life, God will give you solution. You go to God, and He's going to give you solution to that problem. Praise the living God, somebody. Are we here? Okay. So even if God are calling to a ministry of trials and errors, you have to understand that. God will not call you into a ministry of trials and errors. That's what I'm trying to say. Let God be part of whatever you are doing. All that will enable you to fulfill your vision in life and to finish it is in that simple statement that God has given to you from the very beginning. It's right there. If God asks you to take a step within that word, take a step is the solution you need for any problem that you encounter as you move on in life. Praise God somebody. If God speaks to you and says, marry this woman, you don't need anything else in life. Only in that statement, marry this woman. The solution to the trouble that will come in your marriage tomorrow is in that simple statement, marry this woman. You cannot just go back to him and say, you told me to marry this woman. You told me to marry this man. Remember? Yeah. So here we are. Then the next thing is call upon me and I will show you things which you do not know. Whatever will be the issue in that problem, God will reveal it to you. Whatever will be the circumstance that is making that marriage to have issues, God will reveal it to you. Are you following what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. Are we still here? You look so quiet. Is this too hard? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me show you something. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse number 11. Ecclesiastes 3 verse number 11. I love this. Glory. He had made everything beautiful in his time. Everything. So even that which you think there's a problem, there is beauty in it. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to get that. Are you following me? He has made everything beautiful in his time. 
Also he has set the wall in the heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. I mean, um, New Century. God has given them a desire to know the future. He does everything just right on time. But God can never completely understand. I mean, man can never completely understand what he's doing. You can't understand what God is doing. But the truth of the matter is this. He has made everything beautiful in his own time. And that thing which you think is a problem, there is glory in it. That thing which you think is an issue, there is glory in it. Praise the living God somebody. I was sharing with, I think a couple of, few weeks ago. I read the story of a woman that got married to a blind man. She got married to a blind man. And you know what that means? For you to be married to a blind man, that means you got extra responsibility. Am I correct? Now one thing fantastic about a blind man is that he's very good instrumentation. He plays music. Powerful. Oh glory. But he's a blind man. And the man, the woman was there managing the situation. He wasn't thinking about anything. They gave back to their first son, who is now seven years old. The boy was blind. Double tragedy. But the woman never lose hope. Now go and look at this young boy. He is so fantastic in the piano. He plays the organ like a wizard. Seven-year-old boy. Blind. And then they gave back to another child. This time it's a girl. She is fine, not blind. But look at the joy in the family. Two blind people, two seeing people. And the woman is not discouraged. Look at life bubbling the family. In the midst of that dark situation, there is joy that the woman derives. You can't take it from her. There are people who are married to people who have a lot of money. They are not satisfied being those marriages. How many of you see marriage breaking down every day? Because they don't see anything in this situation. If you don't see solution, if you don't see beauty in the life you're living, you abandon the call of God upon your life. Praise the living God, somebody. Somebody said, Pastor, are you saying as you endure the situation, you have more than enough reason to not just to endure, but to enjoy the situation. Because there is beauty in it. You thought that you have not seen the beauty, that's why you're complaining like, like, like Jeremiah. You've not seen the glory, that's why you're complaining like Jeremiah. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is something beautiful. Listen to it. He has made everything beautiful when? In his time. Praise the living God, somebody. Are you sitting here with me? I need you to get this picture right. So that you don't start thinking that the whole world is crashing on you. You are the only one receiving problems in this life. No, you're just missing it. Find and find the beauty in whatever situation you find in yourself. How many of you understand that the honey, in the case of Samson, he said the honey comes out of the dead lion. How many of you remember that? A whole lion, what came out of the dead lion? Honey. You're looking for something sweet? It comes from a hard situation. How many of you understand God spoke to, to Jacob? And I mean, even Jacob as well. And children of Israel as well. And he told them, say, the stone shall bring forth what? Oil. The rocks shall produce oil. What is that supposed to mean? Life is from hard situations. Anytime, anywhere. If you think you're going to go through life with ease, if you think if you come to Christianity, then everything is settled, you're joking. In the midst of being a Christian, 
how situation comes, but there is one thing God has said to him that overcometh, shall I grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden. It is the overcomers that are granted reward. Not the people that complain about situation. That is to say, in every situation you find yourself, there's some overcoming ability for God that makes all things beautiful when in his own time. Praise the living God, somebody. Are you there? Look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. We'll probably be stopping here today. Take it off from here tomorrow. I mean, next week. Isaiah 8, verse 11. For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of these people. Say, what's the next thing he said? Say not, say ye not what? A confederacy to all them to whom these people shall say what? A confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be what? Your dread. Do not. Remember what he said? He spoke to me with a strong hand. So it's like I'm warning you with a strong hand. The Lord spoke to me with a strong hand and said, say no. A confederacy to what these people say confederacy. By implication, if people are sinking and they are complaining, they are sinking, it's not in your Lord to continue to complain that you are sinking. Whatever thing is going on in this country, you have no problem. Even if the economy is completely down, you're still going to survive it. Can I hear an amen? No matter what is going on, don't say confederacy to what people are saying, the confederacy. Everybody say, I am finished. We are finished. You join the air. Yes, yes, we are finished. And God says, you're going to be finished. Because with your mouth, you are justified. With your mouth, you are condemned. As long as you agree with what people are saying, that's where you're going to be. You know, people will say, marriage is a difficult thing to go into. How many of you have heard that? And some people, because of that, have read a story of a lady who feels she would never get married because the mother always says marriage is difficult. But that was your mother, not you. Marriage was difficult for your mother doesn't mean it's going to be difficult for you. You're going to find out why your mother said marriage is difficult. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody following what I'm saying here? And so many of you, the same thing. You don't step into certain decisions because you say, no, it doesn't always work. If fail when I'm tried it, if fail when the other person tried it, I'm not sure it's going to work for me. You are not the man that had that in fail. That is none of your business. You are completely unique. You are completely different. And guess what? God has made all things beautiful when in His time. Are you following me? You don't. You don't follow people to say what they say. You are a child of God, born of the Spirit of God. There is life in you. I'm saying your future is glorious. Your tomorrow is glorious. You don't complain and shut it down today. Don't shut the door against your future. Don't shut the door against your life. No, no, no. Don't shut the door against the beauty that God has set before you. He has made out a beautiful way in His time. And so when they entered the boat and the storm was there, it looks like there was difficulty. But the Bible says they arrived. <laughs> Do you understand that? They arrived. Because they had made nothing beautiful when in his time. He had it in mind they are going to cross. But here was a storm. 
And now he was sleeping. He was resting. He's not bothered. They were the one bothered. Because if you read the story, then I say, where is your faith? That means your faith is always in the solution, in, in the situation that God has given to you. Your faith is always there. I mean, when he gives you instruction, your faith should rest on whatever thing he has told you. Are you following what I'm talking about? I need you to understand, because listen to me, you have a glorious future. You have a bright future. God didn't call you to mess you up. No, he called you so that you bring forth your praise and glory in his life. He said you should become his praise and glory on the face of the earth. Difficult situation cannot stand on the way of what God said he wants you to become. I make you see that much next week. That man should become his praise and glory on the face of the account of the book of Ephesians. And he began to say we have to show principalities and powers. The wisdom that is in that call. The wisdom that is in the household of faith. There is wisdom that the world does not know. There is even wisdom that the devil doesn't know. Hallelujah. God called Jesus, you are my son. And just because that word son came in, the devil came. If you be the son of God. What was the trial? That statement that God made. That's where the temptation of Jesus came from. If God had never said, you are my son, the devil would have had nothing to tempt him with. But just because he said, you are my son, he said, okay, are you a son of God? Turn the stone world into bread. Are you a son of God? Get up to the high pinnacle. And I'll make you see the whole world. And I've only told you that. What the devil was telling him was not from Astana. It was eternal. It was within. Somebody said, how can that be? Which mountain will you climb and see the whole world? Only one mountain. The mountain of imagination. Did you understand that? As I'm sitting, you're talking to me. I'm looking at me now. You could be seeing yourself in America. Are you here? With imagination. Are you, you get what I'm talking about? You see yourself lying. You see yourself in a jet. You, you, you can do anything with your imagination. Right? That's the highest mountain you can climb. And say, well, say listen, I can, I can make you. Listen, if you can bow down to the devil, you're going to get everything. He was just thinking within himself. There was no mountain in Israel. Even if there's the highest mountain in the world, it's Mount Everest. It's not in Palestine. How many of you understand that? So which mountain do you think the devil is going to take him to? That's why when you go to pilgrimage in, in Israel, you want to go and see the mountain that Jesus was going to be climbing for the devil to show him the whole world. You can climb the mountain to see the whole world in Palestine. There is no high mountain that will make you see that. Like I said, the highest mountain in the whole world is Mount Everest and it's not in Palestine. It's not in Israel. So which mountain was he going to climb? The mountain of what? His imagination. I'll make you see things that you've never seen. So the devil is trying to say, come on, think about this. I can make you see. If only you can just worship me, I'll make you take the whole charge of the whole world. And that's what God already promised him. God will make him the heir of all things. So the devil was trying to trick him out of that. But what am I trying to say? Every call of God upon your life, every word of God upon your life is going to be trusted. It's going to be tried. Every word, every, every time, even your call in being a Christian, you're going to be tried. There will be mountain before you. Glory to God. Mountain that will shock your life and you say, is it true? Is it how Christianity is? But I'm telling you, God has made all things beautiful when? In his own time. You've got to wait for God's time. 
You got to look at God's time. You got to believe what God said about you. You must come to that place of trusting. I know God, my Redeemer, live it. Hallelujah. Job, we said, even if one eat this body, yet in this flesh shall I see God. He has his hope in God. He has his mind in God. Are you following what I'm talking about? Don't be discouraged because of problems. Don't be discouraged because of mountains. No, no, no. Jesus is still with you. In the midst of that mountain, he said one thing. I will not forsake you. No, leave you alone. Hebrew 3, I mean 13 verse number 5. Let your conversation be with that conversation. And be content with such things as they have. For he has said, I will, do what? Not leave you or forsake you. Praise the living God somebody. Did you get what I'm saying here? It's important you understand what I'm talking about. That's what the Lord promised you. What did he promise you? I will not leave you. No what? Not forsake you. Take that and I'm going to pray. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter chapter 13 verse number 5. The book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13 verse number 5. If you can find it. Hallelujah. Let your conversation. Take it from Amplified Translation. Hallelujah. Amplified. Okay. Let your character or mortal disposition be free. From love of money, including greed, avarice, loss, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you. Can I hear an amen to that? Nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. God said, I will not. And he said, I will not, I will not in any way. What is it? Relieve you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. I surely not, I will not. God said he will not leave you anywhere. Hallelujah. I have decreed that. I have determined that. I'm not going to let you go down. I'm not going to let you sink. No, no, no. No matter the situation, recognize one thing. I am with you. I'm not going to let you go down the drain. I'm not going to allow you to sink in the ocean. No, no, no. I am with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. That is an assurance from God. He said, I assure you. So if I don't have that conviction, no matter the storm, remember the scripture. God has promised me not to leave me, nor forsake me. Praise the living God, somebody. Are you listening, somebody? No matter the circumstance, no matter the problem, I have an anchor from the word of God. He said, he will not leave me, nor forsake me. He said, I'm going to allow me to drown in the ocean of this problem. This mountain standing before the Zerubbabel is also coming down. This sea that is raging right now is going to be calm. I lost something. By the time we get there, I'll be able to let you see that. In leadership, one of the things you do before you issue query, calm the situation. Hallelujah. You see what Jesus did? Yes, there was problem. The people have faith, but he first calmed the situation before he asked them, where is your faith? Before you issue query to anybody, first calm the situation. In your family, there's trouble in the family. First resolve the situation. Before you issue query to your wife or to your husband or to your children, first calm the situation. That is how God works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see the problem with Mary, I mean, Adam and Eve, in the midst of the father that disobeyed and all that, he clothed them with fig leaf. 
Always find a solution before you issue query. Always provide solution before you equal to reach to the people. Are you following what I'm saying? But I want you to go back home with this. Hebrew 13 verse number 5. Let it be an anchor to every situation that you find yourself. That no matter what is going on, God has given an assurance. He's not going to leave you, nor forsake you. He's with you anytime, anywhere. In the midst of the storm, He's right there. You're flying in the air, God is with you. Always recognize that fact. He's always with you, wherever you find yourself. Even, oh come on, is anybody following what I'm saying? Even if you are in the ocean right now, God is with you. Anywhere you are, whatever you think is a problem, recognize this fact. He has promised never to forsake you, nor to do what? Abandon you. That means in the midst of the problem, it's going to give you a solution. In the midst of the problem, all those hard questions you're asking, it's going to give you answer. But one thing you must not do is to confess negatively. Recognize that he said, I know my Redeemer leave it. I know if this flesh one did eat it, in this flesh still, I am going to see the Lord. I'm going to stand before him. His glory shall radiate towards me. His love is not going to leave me alone. And because of his love for me, he will not abandon me in this problem. My children are going to come and find, no matter what happened, I believe God is going to strengthen them. God is not only going to heal them, God is going to bring them back home. No matter what is going on, yes, I know it. The Lord has promised me, therefore he's not going to abandon me. All things are working out for my good. Perfection is coming towards me. Glory is coming towards me. Life is coming towards me. I stand in a place to receive joy because God has not forsaken me. No matter what is going on, the Lord is with you. I say the Lord is with you. Come and stand up somebody. The Lord has promised not to forsake you, not to abandon you. I need you to pray one simple prayer. That prayer is God, I'm sorry for the negative confession that I made. I need you to talk to the Father. Just talk to the Father. Very quickly. Talk to the Father. Talk to the Father. Because of circumstances and situation, you make some confessions. Hakam brosan berisahabi, brindo brisantosha dekarisahaba, brisehedesote. Because of situation, you make some confession, and those confession are holding you back. Those confession have become an obstruction. Those confession are the wedge between you and your victory. Now you need to repent of it and thank God right now. I'm sorry, oh God, for the confession that I made. Talk to the Father. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. <laughs> You'll be wondering, why is this thing not going away? It is found in your tongue. Why is this problem still hanging on? It is found in your tongue. It is your tongue that has made it so. Your confession is what is standing against you and your freedom and your success. The love of God cannot abandon, he can't abandon you, he so love you. The man that loves you again is only begotten son. How is he going to abandon you in times of difficulties? No. He said, I won't abandon you, I won't leave you, no matter the situation. Can I show you this morning again? God is with you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.